What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John and I are back. We did two shows. Actually, we did a show Sunday, so this would be our second show of the week. But we did a show last week, our normal show. And then after the Clash of Champions pay-per-view, we did another show. So if you haven't heard that and you want to hear our review on Clash of Champions and Bloodsport and the Tyson Fury fight... Uh, go ahead and, and listen to that as well. But we are back in our normal, our normal Thursday night show. So, John, what is up? How has your Thursday been leading into what should be a fun weekend? It's been okay. It's been okay. It's funny that you said like, "Wait, we, we recorded on Sunday night." Because I was just thinking today, I'm like, man, I can't wait to record. I feel like it's been a long time. <laughs> and then I was like thinking about, it, like, wait, we just recorded on Sunday, so it hasn't been that long. But I just love doing this show, so. You know, I just get excited as we get closer and closer to the day we're going to record. So that, I think I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm pumped. I'm motivated. I'm ready to talk some wrestling, some NXT, and some whatever else we have on the dock. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. All right. So before we get into it, I want to shout out some of the content that uh, has gone up on FightGameMedia.com. So uh, last week. We had uh, Justin uh, Nipper, who has uh, who's, he's been in Japan, like on vacation, and so he went to a show, and this is a wacky show. It's mm. called Gato Move, and it is like a like they wrestle on what looks like maybe a small mattress, like a <laughs> a twin mattress, and it's like inside this small building, and you really, really have to have an open mind on what pro wrestling is to really sort of enjoy it. But Justin, you know, I think Justin had a great time just because it was so different, and you know, there's literally just like 50 people sitting right around this mat, so you're like right in the face of everyone. But he wrote about it, and I was, I mean, you know, look, I I, I am the sort of the uh, quintessential fan of you know this is sort of what wrestling is but you know I also try to be super open-minded because you know wrestling has historically been you know so many different things uh, like I remember Dave uh, he was telling me this one time he's like look like you know people complain about the you know Joey Ryan and Orange Cassidy and Marco Stunt and this kind of stuff he's like but when I was a kid uh, I forget the wrestler that he said maybe it was Pepper Gomez but Pepper Gomez used to like point at the sky and the heels would look and then he would hit them. And he said, like, it happened every time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so goofy stuff like this has sort of always been a part of wrestling. But, you know, I think, you know, certain tastes and everything has is all dependent on, on what you like. But I try to be as open minded as, as I can. But, you know, as you can tell by our reviews on certain things, you know, I do have a certain style that I enjoy the most. But um but you know, a really interesting piece. So check that if you want to check that out. He also wrote a piece on the Zero One show, in which uh, Sekimoto lost his championship. So that was really interesting to kind of read that entire show, and, and it sounded like the main event um, was just like a really, really good match. And you know, one of those the 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 thing is is uh, and, and you know you've sort of taught me this as. Uh, as being, you know, as being a booker, in that you sort of build up to a, uh, you know, where the the last match, the main event, is 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 the best match, and it definitely sounded like that's what happened on the Zero One show. So Yuji Hino mm-hmm. won the uh, won won the championship, so he's the Zero One heavyweight champion, and um, 
Sakamoto's actually in LA this weekend at PWG. Uh, I think he faces uh, Jeff Cobb this weekend. I know. I wish I was there to watch that match, definitely. And I wish I was there in uh, Japan with Justin to watch that uh, Zero One show. Sound like a really good show. Yuji Hino is uh, a favorite of mine to watch. He's just a big, burly badass. He used to be at the Wrestle One, but then he went freelance and then he signed with. I guess he. Well, actually, I think he signed with Zero One, which is kind of weird because Zero One's kind of on the low low end. You know, they're not definitely not what they were when, of course, when Shinya Hashimoto was alive and running things. Um, it's just you know, they're but they have some lot. They have a lot of talent, and it's it's a fun promotion to watch. And so also. Over the weekend, um, our buddy Brady Childs, he wrote up the Bloodsport play-by-play, so that is up on the website. If you didn't hear, you know, John also talked about it in, in our weekend uh, weekend podcast. Um, so, yeah, you know, just kind of cool stuff and, and, you know, not to be outdone, but uh, our, uh, our buddy Robert, he is going to uh, – he's already sent it to me. I just have to put it up. But his uh, his greatest lightweights of all time, his number one is uh, is on its way. And I will either get that up on Friday when people are listening to this or Monday. I'm still unsure about when I'm going to put it up. But it's coming soon. And, you know, Robert put so much effort into these bios. And uh, just I, I learn so much when I read them. And, and look, I've covered – you know Roberto Durant's career uh, a, a ton as well, but you know just even even though I have I know a lot about Roberto, like he still has stuff that that I you know that I learned about. So I, if you... I, I love his excitement. Oh like, yeah, reading it like it's just like he's so passionate about it, and it's like makes me want to get into it even more. You know, it's like, I love it. And the the thing that I like most about his pieces, he learned boxing from his dad, and it's very apparent when you read his stuff that you know a lot of his childhood when it came to sports revolves around his dad and so there's just this love of uh, uh of those times from him because he he names his dad in just about every piece that he does and it's based around you know when my dad and i were watching this you know we thought that x was going to happen and that's a big memory so you know if you if you um you know, if you if you like that kind of stuff, like you you it, it, it that's the stuff that kind of tugs at my heartstrings whenever I read it. All right, so let's actually get into all the stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I mentioned PWG, and uh, I've I've been getting these texts from uh, from our buddy Big Dave Meltzer because he's at the show. And he was just like, yeah, you know, I may text you about a match here and there. But he was like literally giving me play by play of like some of the matches early on. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I have some of the results. The show is the first show is ongoing. Um, you know, the A kid, someone who we've talked about uh, a little bit because he had that great match with Zack Sabre that we talked about. Uh, he beat Lucky Kid uh, with an arm bar. And Dave said it was about three and three quarter stars. And uh, Brody King was facing a guy. Uh, what is his name? His last he goes by the last name of Ugg. Do you know this guy uh, from Australia? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. I forget. Let me see if I can find the the Battle of Los Angeles lineup here. Yeah, there has a lot of new talent, which is yeah. Good. There's. I think it's a good thing. Like I know a lot of people are like kind of down on it, but it's just the evolution of you know the new companies popping up and signing people and. I think it's always exciting when you go find new talent. That was like my favorite thing about pro wrestling, just finding the next, the next young gun, next star. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so I'm pulling up uh, Joseph Courier's write-up from uh, from last month about the first round matchups. Uh, so let me see here. Oh, Caveman Ugg hmm. is is, is the guy. Caveman Ugg. So <laughs> so um, it looks I. So this one is a little bit hard for me to decipher here. Uh, he just mentioned that that Brody King was looking lo- was looking big. Uh, he said, you know, maybe even three hundred pounds. Um, uh, and then a Ganso bomb won the match. So I don't know who actually won the match, but it was a Ganso bomb was the finish. So I don't know. Is that does Brody King do a Ganso bob bomb? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> Ever since Brody went to ROH, I haven't watched too much of ROH stuff. So, but uh, and, and I did last thing I did see him. I did watch that like. I decided to watch that uh, NWA put a, the the title change of the tag titles. They took the titles off of PCO and Brody King. Uh huh. And he was definitely li- looking well over three hundred pounds now. Is it muscle or is it just size? Just size and solid, not nothing muscle. But you know, he's a throwback. I like, that's what I like about Brody King. Like, he just looks like a, just an old, strong, kick-ass dude. Yeah, and then in one of the matches that I was super interested in, uh, Dragon Lee versus Ray Horace, um, Dragon Lee won, and Dave said it was about three and a, three and three quarter stars. And then um, let me see, because <laughs> Dave's texting sometimes is is not the best when it comes to like spelling and stuff. Um, but there was a tag match. Uh, and, and you know, I read these matches off when I did Wrestling Observer Radio with him, but I, but I don't remember the names. But they're the Janella, the the match with Janella, tag match with Janella. Um, he he gave that four and three, four and a quarter stars, and he said fans were throwing money into the ring. So that's a that's as far as he's updated me. If he sends me more texts throughout this show, I will read them. Because sounds like man, mission right now. Man, I, I'm just like I, I like how crazy is that Jeff Cobb and Dice uh, Dice K Sakamoto match going to be? Should be really really good. Probably be one of the best matches on that show for sure. All right, so let's move on to. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of the big thing for this week was the NXT show, and uh, unfortunately, I only got to watch night w- or the first show, the first hour, because uh, I, that was on the USA Network, and you know, that was that's kind of like the 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 big thing, you know, the rating is very important, and um, just the big splash, you know, in the NXT now on the USA Network, like you know, it's been on the WWE network for so long and now they sort of made the the push to actual television. They're getting money to do to, you know to 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 put the show on. And overall, personally, I thought it was you know, it wasn't a home run. It was a solid double. It was a good show. There was strong wrestling on it. It moved, it was fast. There was no downtime. You could tell that you know, it's almost like every segment counts. Like they they don't want to give you the opportunity to change the channel at any moment. And uh, I thought, um, you know, I thought there was some opportunities to educate the audience, but they decided that it was more important to get, uh, you know, l- long matches in, which is, you know, that's that's sort of a strategy. But uh, you know, I just thought of it from, you know, if I'm giving this show a chance. Who is Velveteen Dream, and what, and you know, what is he like? Why do I? Why you know? Obviously, he looks different, and he's got this like charisma, and he looks like a star. But like, who is he? I don't, I don't really understand 
what the thing is. But again, they you know they went for the wrestling angle. They wanted to show matches, and they wanted you know people to uh, to then dial into the WWE Network right after that show ended. But I think too many people were trying to do that because I couldn't get in, and I just it, you know I I tried to get in later in the evening, which I could, but. I was ready to watch that second hour, and it was like, oh, WWE Network is not working. But overall, uh, what were your thoughts on the NXT USA uh, Network version? And then you can talk about the second hour because I just haven't seen it. Um, I thought it was uh, really good. Uh, like you said, they focused on the action, and I think that was a, a smart play. I know what you're saying. Like, you know, maybe you want a little more, like, character profile stuff. But I think they were going for just hit them with the action. Just be different than what we – than what they see on Mondays and Tuesdays, right? So they wanted to go just, you know, they don't need a long interview segment. They don't need a long promo between back and forth between people. Let's just go get them action, action, action. And I thought they did some cool stuff. Like, like I like the, like what they did with uh, Dijak and Cobb. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Cobb, sorry, Dijak and Keith Lee. Um, you know, just kind of preview that match and show a nice little highlight video. They showed the size, how big these guys are. Like, it was like a cool little, like, hey, check this out next next week. And, you know, I think that was a – I want to see that. I want to see that match. And I think a lot of people were kind of like, you know, it was not as good as PWG match back in, you know – their NXT, their most recent NXT match wasn't as good as the PWG match, but I think with that, what they're obviously were saving for you know uh, this match here. So I think they're gonna go all out and then some for the match next week. Um, mm-hmm. I like the idea of the girls in the opener. It's a good uh, attention grabber, you know, like it uh, makes you tune in. This and they, it's a, it was a match that worked to all women's strength, you know, like. If it was a singles match between any of those girls, well, that, oh, Io, if you had Io in there with anyone, I think she can hold together because she's, she's a fantastic worker. But you know, the other three are limited. So, but, but if you put them in this four way and you give them moments to shine, they really stand out. And I was pretty impressed by this match. Like I, I didn't really have the highest hopes for it, mm-hmm. but I thought they laid it out really, really well, and they all executed their stuff. All, everything looked pretty good. Okay, so what do you think about the idea now? you have the opportunity to open up a show like you can't do you can't do the first ever NXT show again right mm-hmm. you got Matt Riddle on your roster you have uh the undisputed era on the roster um you have tons of really really great talent to open up the first show that you know this is Jushin Liger against flying Brian Pillman on Nitro, right? You, you did, you're making the first impression. And when they decided to go with the women, I was like, hmm, this is a little bit of a, of a risk because of the possibility that the match is just not that good. And you, you really, if it's not good, then you really ruin the opportunity to come out of the show and, and, and right into it. And it should really give something that fans can, can sink their teeth into. And thankfully, this match was pretty damn good. And uh, I, you know, I, I I give credit to you know whoever's call it was Triple H to to take the risk, and also to these women for just taking advantage of the opportunity because, you know, Io Shirai great, Bianca Belair got to show off her athleticism and her strength, and I thought she came off as like a major star. Like if if you've never seen NXT. You're like, wow, who is that woman? Even though she didn't win, right? Um, 
Mia Yim, for for what it's worth, like she's gonna take the fall. Uh, she she was okay. She didn't come off uh, like the other three. And you know, I, I I've joked about Candice LeRae before. You know, I I find it funny when she runs the ropes because she's got to take these giant steps, and it always looks like you know she's going in slow motion. But I thought she did a really good job in this match to maximize you know the the time on 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 TV that she's getting, and you know this is obviously the story that they're trying to tell, which is this you know this really uh, diminutive girl who's got tons of charisma. The fans love her. And now she's got to face this, you know, this like unbeatable champion in Shayna Baszler. It's like a great story, uh, and you know, Shayna's and and the and the girls uh, and uh, you know, Jessamine and Marina come out, and it's just this three against one, and 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 Candice is like so small, and you got these like three badass like real women, right? Like they 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 fought for real, so you know you know that they're tough as all hell, and she's like you know not gonna back down and she's you know like that whole thought that whole thing i think was i thought was very well thought out especially if the story is that you know the baby face is gonna is gonna get the better of 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 it and at, at the end like i thought it was a really really good way to start the show and i'm so happy that the match was as good as it was because if it wasn't good it would have been a real wasted opportunity well, that's why they put four women in the four way because it, and then and that's what I like about four ways. Where I what I don't critique four ways for if it's all act, it should be all action, right? You have all those people in the ring. It should be go go go, and they did it. And Candice, who I've seen work other women in person, booked her against other women in person, and she's very limited. She's not a leader in there. She needs a, a superior person to work with her. Um, she stands out when she works with the guys. The guys are a great basis for all the stuff that she does. So, but like in a here in this environment, a four way, they they like I said, they played everyone's strengths. Everyone looked looked good. Um, the right person was pinned. Io was protected. It makes me really nervous that they're gonna put the belt on Candice over Shayna after Shayna has been defeating a lot of great women. Um, but. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, in two weeks on the big, uh, the big head-to-head. Do you think that with Candice, they're kind of? It's not. It's not exactly because their characters aren't exactly the same, but they did get a lot of mileage out of Bailey, kind of doing the same thing, right? I think they're kind of going for those. They're kind of get those hardcore fans that are just like diehard, going to tune into AEW, but then like. They also love like people like Candice LeRae and stuff, so maybe they want to be there to see her in this prominent match, and that, you know, hopefully that she wins it. You know. Uh, and then they did some. You know, you already mentioned the Keith Lee and DiJack segment, which I thought worked. I thought it was it was good. Um, and then uh, we also had uh, later. Uh, there was also a, a video package to preview Matt Riddle and Killian Dane, which was on the second hour on the WWE Network, which I did not see. Uh, and then they did, uh, essentially, a squash match with Sean Maluta against Cameron Grimes, who was formerly Trevor Lee. And Maluta, you know, basically from the bell, rushes Cameron Grimes. He jumps up. He's supposed to do a double foot stomp, but only one foot was on, actually, uh, Maluta's chest. Hits the foot stomp and then pins him i don't know it was like what seven seconds or something so this is you know for the if trevor lee you know goes on to become a wwe superstar 
his the 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 trivia note is going to be his first match on NXT television was he won in seven seconds. Yeah, it's a, it's a good good idea. It's a good little squash to get over Trevor Lee. It's funny, I've seen Trevor Lee or now Cameron Grimes in in NXT and WWE, and you know I always thought he was a good athlete and a and a good worker, but like he didn't really stand out to me. But now with that music and that hat and the, the vest, hat. I mean, all of a sudden, like they've added so much personality to him. Where I thought he was just like a good wrestler, you know, like good mid card guy, and so that was so that was cool. That's cool. WWE does a really good job with that kind of stuff, especially especially in NXT, at least when they're building these guys up. Um, so yeah, it's perfect, perfect little squash to kind of get get him over and uh, get people thinking about him for the future. There was a pretty cool video package for Damian Priest, the formerly uh, Punishment Martinez. And, uh, you know, he, he, I, I like, I, I, of course, you know, I grew up on old school WWE, so I love those kind of like really slick video packages. Uh, and you know, that it made me interested to see him in the ring. Uh, and then they went right to the main event. And when they went to the main event, we, uh, I, I watched the show with big Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. and we looked at the clock and he was like, huh, they're really going to give a long match. It was, I don't know, it was like five. Like, So we, we watched it on uh, on DirecTV, so we got the East Coast feed. It was like 534 or something like that when they when they got in the ring. So that's, you know, 20, over 20 minutes uh, that, that they would probably get. And then you had the sort of the end of it. And it's a dream and strong. And so my initial thought was this, which is, don't know if having this long match is necessarily to Velveteen Dream's strength because um, you know he's he's still young and and he's kind of a he, he's he's been in NXT for a little while now but he's he's not the guy that you would necessarily go I want to see uh, you know I want to see this guy go thirty minutes or whatever and and the I think the match was twenty two minutes um, you know Roddy is he's the master. You know he he can do that kind of match. He's he's you know he he's your technical wrestler master. Uh, and overall, I thought the match was good, but I did think that having you know Dream sell for you know most of this match um, and uh, his comeback, you know it was okay. But doing the whole uh, the whole thing with the undisputed era coming out and making it like a four on one or a three on one. Uh, I thought it was great because it created this empathy or the sympathy for Dream. Like I was watching this match, going like, "This crowd really wants him to overcome these odds," and then he didn't, and it sort of deflated it a little bit for me. Though I kind of figured that that Roddy was going to win, but I thought the story that they were telling, at least a live crowd was that this baby face was going to possibly overcome these, you know, these bad guys. And and maybe that that will still happen down the line. But then when, you know, when when Roddy won, I was like, "Oh, okay, like it 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 was exactly what I thought it was." But I just thought, "Man, like it would have been such a great thing for the baby face to actually win that match when the odds were against him." Uh but, you know, I thought it was a, a pretty good match. Um maybe not the the Maybe Dream's not the guy that I would have chosen to go that that long of a match, but you know Roddy's great, so uh, entertaining. Just you know, not the four and a half star match that maybe they wanted, but it was still pretty good. 
Yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was really good. Um, they, uh, you know, but Dream's gone long before Takeover stuff. He main evented Takeover with, uh, I think Champa, right? They had a really good match. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought there's a, <laughs> you know, Roddy's really good, but he has a he has does have some weaknesses, and I think like during you know during that long match at times with Roddy was putting the heat on, on Dream, it, the crowd kind of went down yeah. a little bit. And that's not to Dream's fault or Dream's comeback was weak or anything like that. It's just Roddy does not focus on getting heat from the crowd. He's just sure. focused on just his wrestling. Right. So the crowd just sitting there watching. Um, now, perfect example. Like we'll maybe talk about this later. Maybe you know we talk about Baron Corbin, King of the Ring. Like when he's wrestling a guy like Chad Gable. Like Corbin is really good to play to the audience. You know, he looks at him, he, he waves him down, he goes, be quiet. You know, he's staring him down. He's, you know, he's keeping him active and he's get, he's building heat for that baby face to make that comeback, right? And, and, and Roddy didn't do that. He just doesn't do that. It's not him. He just, he's just a wrestler and he's a really good wrestler. So when the, the comeback was there for Dream, it wasn't as hot as it probably should have been. I think if Roddy would have some, you know, kind of get the crowd more involved in the match a little bit more i think those, mm-hmm. those comebacks would have been bigger um uh, i like the i you know i was like you i thought you know the narrative is you know undisputed era is going to win all the championship right yeah yep and I was but though they didn't tell the crowd they didn't tell the fans tuning in that that was part of the story well it's been part of the story for um for months now they've been talking about holding on the golden promos I, or whatnot i know but you're talking about you know maybe 300,000 people who watch <laughs> NXT on a on a weekly basis versus you know they did you know what was it 1. uh 1.7 1.176 right or yeah, yeah yeah so the, you know 1.2 million people so whatever whatever above the norm that they did you know maybe they didn't know that story well I thought well I thought you know during the show Mara was fantastic and Definitely painting that picture. Remember the promo on the back in the locker room that Undisputed Air is there? And he talks about Roddy adding gold, joining his uh, stable mates with the championship and all that stuff. So, I mean, at least Morrow was doing his great, a great job telling that story. Yeah. Um, for the audience at home. Um, I was kind of hoping that Dream would pull it out. But at the same time, I thought they did a good idea. With with Undisputed Air all interfering and distracting and causing chaos, it protected Dream, right? So, and I, you know, Dream's going to be a a big time star, a big time baby face. So you can now build him up to chase Adam Cole. Yeah. Which, which would be a big championship match down the line. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the match. Like I said, I just wish Roddy would have kind of kept the crowd involved a little bit during the heat. They kind of, cause they kind of, like I said, they kind of died down a little bit, but overall I thought it was, that was a really good, show, really good match. Really good main event. And, and that's what and I knew that that's what they wanted, right? When they booked this match, they wanted a, a, a long match. And they wanted the best match possible, and and they and they definitely did a good job with it. It wasn't the match of the year, no, but you know I think they did a good job establishing NXT is going to be less well less bullshit, like they said on the on those promos, on those commercials, <laughs> and more action, right? And that's how they're gonna, that's how they're going to stand out um, from Raw and SmackDown. Okay, so I tried to watch the second hour, and every time. I put in my password to get into the WWE network. It told me that it didn't work and that I needed to 
uh, try again. So hmm. I didn't get to watch second hour. I, I was it. I was able to watch like um, maybe the first. I, uh, finally, when I got in later, I was able to watch like the first match. Mm-hmm. But, but that was it. Yeah, I, I I got in, but then again, I didn't. I didn't really switch over exactly right away. So maybe there was like this little in between time where it was kind of crazy. But I, I turned it on and I was ready to go. Um, the second hour is really good too. Um, obviously they had no commercial breaks. They had the little bumpers for the network stuff, the pay per view for Hell in a Cell, merchandise, etc. But for most of it, it was like fifty something minutes of just wrestling. Um, they had Zia Lee wrestle. God, I forget she she wrestled, but uh, you know she looked good. Um, she did. Uh, she did have a botch in there, but you know she covered really well, and that the crowd didn't really either catch it or you know didn't want you know didn't want to jump on her for that. Uh, the main event was just very interesting. Riddle and Killian Dane just brawled all over the building, and then everyone else got involved. Like it was a really good brawl. Like it felt like everyone's involved. It was a fight. It was chaos. So that was a really good thing. It's just unfortunate. I know. Like why they put that on the USA show? Well, you know because the whole suits thing. They're finishing up that show. They can't. It's just one of those little handicaps that NXT has to deal with these next two weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, Imperium showed up, which is Walter. Uh, Alexander Wolf, Fabian Archer, and uh, Bartel. So, like, you know, <laughs> you know it's funny. Ever since UK Takeover, Cardiff, you know, I've been watching uh, U- NXT UK Weekly now. Is it good? It's a fun hour. Like, it's you know, there's some nothing really blow away, but like, it's a it's like you know, a nice little hour of wrestling, and I love absolutely love Imperium. Like, I'm so into these guys. They're so cool, and like when they showed up, I was like, "Man, why are they doing this now?" <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because well, I think I know why. Because on October second, you know they're gonna have Kushida and um, Walter probably wrestle. But um, what what a matchup! Yeah, that's gonna be really good. And it was really well done, and they they looked like stars when they came out. This you know, and it's just like I like I could see Imperium. In undisputed era, wrestling each other one day, you know. So I'm like, don't like. I was hoping they would hold these them away from each other until then, you know. Of course, they didn't cross paths here. They probably won't cross paths for a long time. But I was kind of hoping they would stay in the NXT UK for just a little bit longer, you know, and then show up later later, later next year when they need a like maybe during sweeps week or something like that, you know, like to you know just kind of do some interest in. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, Pete Dunn was on the show. He looked great. He's uh he's now uh, uh NXT. USA guy, so um, he's gonna add more depth to that roster. They have a yeah, they have a really good roster, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. And the next week, they're uh, building off the uh, the brawl between Killian Dane and Matt Riddle. They're gonna do a number one contenders match, and who wins that faces Adam Cole. Which you know, my gut says obviously I think Riddle's gonna win that, and I mean Adam Cole and Matt and and Matt Riddle's gonna be pretty awesome match. Yeah, so. Update on PWG. No. Dave Meltzer's phone is dying. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to get any more updates. I was hoping I would get the Cobb and Sekimoto uh, update, but I'll have to wait until tomorrow when they uh, when, I, when I see what the results are. Uh, okay, so um, if you were to give a grade, we have NXT, first opportunity... They take the first shot on the Wednesday Night War. 
They got another shot coming up this Wednesday before AEW has their opportunity. How how do you think that they maximized their uh, opportunity here? Um, I think they did a good job, really good job. I, I would give it a solid a letter grade. I would do a solid, a solid A. I think they they hit everything they need to hit, and I think next week they're gonna do this. They they should have something. I think they're building to stuff for week for week three, which is mm-hmm. which is good. So that's what that's what I really like. Um, you know, I'm not really worried about too much these. The only thing I was, was worried about for these next two weeks is just what what they do to build up week three. And they already set up the women's title match. Next week they're going to set up the title match. Um, um, they you know on they're going to probably show highlights of what happened with Imperium and Kishida next week, which will set up um, the year the. The European title match or just a title a grudge match between those guys. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, and then undisputed era. I'm sure they're gonna be like a six man tag or something like that with uh, Velveteen and maybe some partners. I can see Street Profits and Velveteen Dream um, or something like that against uh, against the undisputed era. You can play off that, so you mm-hmm. can have a nice little five match, five to four matches on that show. It should be really solid, and and to counter whatever AEW has planned. So. I'm not gonna go that high. I, I I will I will go strong B, um, but I guess the uh, the thing that I was wondering, and maybe they didn't have to. Maybe they saved this for week three because they're not going live. But I always hearken back to Nitro, right? <laughs> I, I already mentioned it. You know, Liger and Pillman opens the show. I remember watching that, going like wow like they like this is this is really cool because you know i I remember watching them wrestle in 92 uh but then you know uh, i I don't know if people remember this necessarily but you know they went to rick flair and sting as their second match which is you know at at that point in 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 time maybe not as 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 historic as it would have been you know, five years prior, but still, it's Ric Flair and Sting. It's two of your top four or five biggest stars in the company. Um, and then you have Hogan. You have a Hogan title defense, in in that third match, and say, similarly, one hour show. And then who shows up at the end? But Lex Luger, who's coming off of a WWE stint. There's your surprise. So they didn't do any of that. They went straight action, action, action. I would have liked to see something that I didn't expect, being that I've seen NXT a lot. I've watched. You know, I, I'm not watching their TV currently, but I've watched you know tons of NXT in the past, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. No surprises. Nothing that said outside of look, we're going to give you a few good wrestling matches, and the show's going to move, which I liked. I know a lot of people. You know, a lot of people on our on our Facebook group didn't really like it. They they wanted it to be uh, not as sort of hectic for for the speed of the show. I actually like that, but I would have loved to see something cliffhangery, maybe um, something to to hook me to go. You know what? Wednesday night, that's the night. Like that, like I I have to go back and watch the show. If they would have done that, I think I would have had a similar grade as you. But there was no Lex Luger showing up in the crowd to challenge Hulk Hogan. There was not that moment, which I would have been like, oh, my God, Wednesday. But And, and like I said, maybe, maybe that comes week three because that's the week that they're really prepping for. Maybe, maybe all of those things happen on week three. 
I would have liked to see something like that in week one. What I saw was an NXT show that you're going to get on the WWE Network. Nothing extra. Uh, Good show, good wrestling, but nothing to where I was like, oh, I got to watch next week for sure. Yeah, I I think wait till week three. We'll get, you'll get all that. Your big matches, your surprises will all happen on week three for sure. Okay, so uh, like we already talked about the, the number, really good number. I, I, I put the over-under with Big Dave at 800,000 originally. He said over. And then I said, okay, what if I move it up to a million? He said over. And it, it was over. Now, can they hold that number for next week? We, we will definitely uh, see. I, I expect it to go down a little bit just because the the the, the freshness is going to be off. But, you know, like I said, it was a good wrestling show, so I don't think it's going to be way down. Week three, that is where we have to see, you know, if that holds up. I sort of think, like, if they were able to do 1.12 or 1.2 uh, this week, I feel like they could do... 800,000 to AEW's 1.2 and even you know because it's going to be AEW's first show so there will be all of the the eyeballs on on that show but I think we're going to have a situation where both shows are going to be very competitive um I mean I I may look like an idiot you know in in two weeks when or three weeks and four weeks when we when we actually see them compete but just based on what I saw I feel like there is a, a solid, you know, 700, 800,000 that are going to tune into this NXT show every week, you know, no matter what. And uh, I think AEW is going to have the same kind of audience. So we may see a dueling, a dueling show where, you know, both shows are, are, you know, they may not do a million, but they're going to be, you know, decently rated shows and uh, competing. And, and I think that's what's going to make it fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think each show is going to dip some of the ratings for each for each you know for each show too so it's gonna go back and forth and uh it's gonna be fun to watch and see and and see who comes out on top or and see what they you know try to counter each other with and um i think you know they both bring the action in the ring so i mean as as wrestling fans i mean we just end up winners because we're gonna see a lot of good action aew finally named their tv show it is going to be called aew Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, JJ from Good Times. That's why I keep hearing. Honestly. <laughs> I kind of like Wednesday Night Dynamite better than just Dynamite. But So originally just... we, we had heard Tuesday Night Dynamite was mm-hmm. going uh, to be the, the name of the show. They didn't get Tuesday. They got Wednesday. I, I agree with you. I think Wednesday Night Dynamite is better than AEW Dynamite. It just rolls off the tongue a lot better. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, dyna- just AEW Dynamite. Like It just doesn't. I'm surprised they went with that. I think Wednesday Night Dynamite is like just sounds like an event. Sounds like let's tune into this wrestling show. It's gonna be some dynamite action. It's almost like, and it's funny they picked dynamite of all. It's like, did they like do the old WCW 1989? Jim Hur did like a like a what like a like a what's popular? What the kids are saying and dynamic and dudes were popular. So they put <laughs> those two together and there's a dynamic dudes tag team. <laughs> It's just funny. I mean, how many people are saying that's dynamite, man? I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm 40, 41 years old, so maybe I'm not as hip as I used to be. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought the same thing. It, it's, it's. I wonder, you know, when when you workshop this kind of thing, 
the, the, but what the name reminded me of was WCW Thunder. Like it's mm-hmm. like a, a just a, 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 a noun that is very descriptive. Like you know exactly what it is. Like thunder is like this loud roar. Dynamite is this big explosion. Um, you know, Monday Night Raw and Monday and and Monday Nitro were uh, again. Look, you know, Nitro and Dynamite not different not <laughs> that different so maybe there's an maybe it's an ode to nitro yeah maybe so you know so i don't know but yeah you know I, I thought exactly the same thing as you i thought wednesday night dynamite sounded a lot better but uh but yeah they they chose aew dynamite and and that's how they're gonna go but yeah the the other thing i wanted to ask you about was did you see kenny omega's comments about yes. the war Okay, so just just to kind of let people know what what he said. He was interviewed, and there's video. Uh, I'm going off of the transcript of the video, so if I get any of this wrong, I blame whoever did the transcript. (laughs) Uh, So he said, if you want to call it a war, uh, to me... We are in completely. We are in a completely different kind of business. I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about there. Um, what they're doing is different than what we're doing, and it's hard to say you're going to war with people that I call my friends, and yet we are going to war. So, uh, again, like he didn't really describe what's different. I'm guessing he thinks that um, the TV shows have a different like sort of uh, end game. I, that's all. That's all I could think of. I didn't really get that part. And then he goes. Uh, when I look at the grand picture, it's like I'm going to war with dudes that if I were on the same show together with them, the same show, same promotion, let's just pretend there was no wars. Let's pretend there were no promotions. Let's pretend there's just one promotion. If these guys were on the same show as me, they'd be in the dark match. They'd be in the opening match for my main event. Um, I'm not saying that he's... That like I, I I you know I think he's a main eventer I think if he was on in, in NXT he'd be the top guy, uh maybe, you know I think Triple H would treat him that way in order to get him over there and I think he would out you know he would he he's a great wrestler, I just thought you know you're just you're telling me that these guys are your friends and then you're basically calling them curtain jerkers to your main event I I've never heard him speak in this way before yeah through some shade. You know, he, he he was building it up, some building that shade up really well. You know, no one saw that coming. If you're, you know, because like Omega's pretty political with a lot of stuff, right? Remember when you and Dave interviewed him, right? He's talking mm-hmm. about, I wish you all could just work together, mm-hmm. this and that, yada yada. But you know, he's joining in. Maybe you know, maybe he. Did you see Dijak's response? No, what did he say? Basically, that you know, I was on the undercard of of. A, you know, at PWG and Keith Lee and I tore the house down and your guys, I mean, we, we, you know, we outdid your match. And then of course, big Dave jumps in, you know, with his remarks <laughs> about the ring being broken and all that stuff. It was just hilarious. It was, it was pretty entertaining exchange today. And I like seeing that kind of stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a little trash talking. I'm, you know, what? cause that just motivates people and motivates the talent. And that, and I like that. The, but the thing that I found so interesting is he continually is like, it's not a war. We're in different businesses. It's not a war. It's not a war. But guess what? You would open for me, and we're in ten thousand seat buildings, and like, and he, you know, he good. Look, it is a competition. I'm actually glad that he responded this way because you know you mentioned the 
the Omega interview that I that Dave and I did, and we also talked to Tony Khan, and they're just like, you know, they wanted to play kumbaya with everyone. And I, I remember after those interviews going, I, I looked at Dave, I go, like, they know Vince, right? <laughs> like, like, they know what he's made out of. And maybe that was just their public way. Maybe they're trying to get uh, off of Vince's radar. Like, oh, yeah, if we don't really say much, like, maybe he doesn't really think of us as a big deal. And that, that could have been their strategy, but... Um, but yeah, I kind of like the bravado because it tells me that Omega knows what he's in for. And it also tells me that he knows that he's going to have to have his A game. And that's awesome because, you know, what, what, what we're hopefully going to see is a really jazzed up NXT product and a really fired up AEW roster because they're the ones that have to prove everything. Look, at the end of the day, it's WWE C show, right? If if uh, SmackDown is going to be A and Raw is going to be B, NXT is the C show based on star power and based on how much of the promotion that that they push. It doesn't mean that it, that it's the worst of the three. It's actually the best of the three if you if you look at it from like a, a wrestling standpoint. But they can always have that excuse, which is, oh yeah, well if you guys win, like you beat our C show, like big deal. And that that's part of the game here. That's part of why NXT moved to Wednesday night and not Raw or whatever, because you can you can do that. Now, for AEW, I do think that uh, that they are going to have to come in strong. And and, you know, this is this is like, you know, these guys aren't going to get much sleep. They're not going to get you know, they're not going to get they're not going to have many vacations. Right. They're going to be working their asses off to try and beat Vince McMahon's C show. And I'm just, you know, I'm, we've said this before. I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also curious to see like what AEW has planned in the future. Cause right now we know who their stars are, right? We know that Jericho is not a spring chicken. He's smart, but still not a spring chicken signing champagne bottles. Oh, he's, he's a, he's a great, I mean, he knows, how to make that money you know he knows how to take something and stretch it out and make money with it but again he's older too um you know omega cody young bucks are all the stars right off the bat so i'm excited to see how they can creatively find the people that are gonna end up replacing them and that's gonna be the key where nxt has the benefit of they you know they got a, a limited amount of money to sign people and you know, they, they do well at creating stars in NXT. We can, you know, we've talked in exhaustion about when the NXT guys go to the main roster and what happens to them there. But if we're just focused on NXT versus AEW, you know, we do we have to admit that, you know, NXT does a really good job of creating characters, giving them right gimmicks, and, and they, they do feature them really well. So um, I want to see what AEW has up their sleeve. And and like you said, I, I, like all, I think all this stuff – is great i think trash talking is great if it's done without taking any serious low blows at people's personal lives and whatnot but if it's just a friendly competition like you know hey you guys are developmental guys and we're stars and that's going to motivate nxt that's awesome and 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 that's that's going to motivate AEW guys to step up their game to prove that they are the main event stars that's awesome too so like i said like just like just like with the monday night wars we got some entertaining wrestling. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. it's so loved. And we, while we go back and we talk about that time fondly because it was like so cool, at least on our end, because the West Coast. And then we're talking about this next. You know, we were able to watch Nitro first and Raw after that. 
And yep. it was like, we were just watching a whole night of just really fun, exciting uh, wrestling. And, and, and just wacky story, like storytelling that like captivated us. Right. So, yep. Uh, do you, do you have any thoughts on this AEW tag tournament bracket, the way that they laid it out? <laughs> well, we talked about it a little bit on our own, but I just, I just, I, okay. I know. I just think it's funny that they had this match with the best friends in dark order and the winner of that match went, got a buy into the semifinals. Right. But then the best friends are just, like, in another first-round match. So, like, there was no real, like, they lost. Like, whoever lost that match was like, okay, they're still in it. You know what I mean? But they're short on tag teams. They don't have that big of a depth. So, I guess they have to put the best friends in there again. But I just thought maybe that would have some more consequence, you know, if they, you know, that more importance to that match on that pay-per-view if we knew, like, hey, one team's going to go to the semifinals, which is a big advantage, and one team's not going to be in the tournament at all. So I just thought that was kind of funny. But um, who's going to win it? Man, I know I've been so busy. I haven't really been able to jump on the discussion on our Facebook group, our awesome Facebook group we have, by the way. And I was – I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like you have to have the belts on the Bucks, but then I can Mm -hmm. see the Bucks not wanting to win it. But then who? I can see, like, the SEU being, like, the safe bet, like – as good solid wrestlers but they've kind of established themselves as kind of like a fun opening act right so but then I, like i still think it's too soon for like jungle boy and luchasaurus to win it i think yeah they you know that with tv needs to be told their climb up that mountain um private party could be like a huge surprise but i just don't think they're ready for that dark order is you know, Young Bucks love those guys, and they're really trying to push those guys hard. As this, but they're just not getting over. It's a weird act. It's just confusing, and I don't think they're as good as people people think. And so, I don't think they're a good idea. And best friends are just, you know, they're they're mid card at best. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of. I just think about it. if I was me, I would just just looking at this right now. I'm like, let's just put on the Bucks to start it off, and then and then go from there, you know, but, you know, because they want to establish this as what a main event championship, right? That's, that was like the big, one of their big hooks is like, hey, we're going to feature tag team wrestling. Yep. It's not going to be a mid-card thing. It's going to be main eventing pay-per-views and TV shows. So, like, so the only, quote, the only real main event tag team they have right now, in my opinion, is the Young Bucks, right? Lucha Brothers second, maybe. So, but I just think, you know, you kind of have to start off with the Young Bucks. I very much agree. Uh, okay, so I want to give you the floor and uh, or give you the stage and let you talk about this Baron Corbin debacle thing where he wins the King of the Ring. Debacle. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't like it. I, I, I just don't like it. I, okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give my two cents and then you can go. go. It, man. I hear my, my two cents is we have WWE employs seven different Baron Corbin's heels who can get heat, but they're all sort of the same and they, they don't really do a ton with them except they just get heat on TV all day long. What they don't have is underdog baby faces or even baby faces whatsoever that fans can get behind. And not to say that Chad Gable would have been that guy because I don't think they believe in him, but you know, 
having Baron Corbin win the King of the Ring establishes nothing to me because he is going to be the same guy no matter what. He's going to be sort of entertaining. He's going to get a lot of heat. And at the end of the day, they're not going to do anything with him. So you waste the opportunity to actually make a star and to build a baby face up or add or create a, a heel uh, and, and move him into like a main event status, like someone like Andrade, who we talked about. But they did the predictable WWE, which is sort of troll their fan base and force someone down the fans' throats who they've obviously rejected, no matter how much he's improved. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that he hasn't, he isn't better than what he was, but he is part of the reason why I don't watch Raw anymore. And that's, you know, and, and it's not solely his fault because he's, he's being pushed in a certain way. But, like, I, 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 emphatically stopped watching raw because i was just sick of seeing segments that didn't matter in the big picture and he's a big part of that well yeah it was unfortunate you know baron got stuck in that that assistant general manager role right with with, you know that was a that was a horrible deal but i mean he does carry segments well he's a good talker i think obviously the company's really high on him as as we as we could tell but, but I think they're high on him too because like he can, you know, go in the rings. Really, you know, I think he's really good. Um, very underrated and unappreciated. And I also think that when they write something, he executes it. Like he has a good presence about him. He comes out, he gets heat, he, he keeps great eye contact with the crowd, he keeps them connected. Like I was talking about earlier, you know, compared to like what Rod- Roderick Strong was doing with uh, Velveteen Dream, and like you know, he had a the him and Gable had a hell of a match on on uh on raw for the for the king of the uh, ring championship it was really good the crowd was once again I mean, once again just going crazy for chad gable's comebacks and you know i'm not against it i mean of course i was like you i was like i'm a big andrade guy i think that guy's just fantastic and we say it weekly every week we've been saying this since the king of the ring started that i think he should win it because you know he needs something a little extra you know, to get him in that main event spot. And I think this king of the ring would have been perfect for him. But it didn't happen, so I can't bitch and moan about it anymore. It's on Baron Corbin, and I think he's going to do well with it. I, yeah, I can already see his promos. He's going to be, you know, just cocky and arrogant as ever. Uh, like I said, he's a good television character, and he's been really good in the ring. Like, he's had really good, good, really good matches in this tournament like his match with Miz got a lot of heat from the crowd his match with Cedric was really damn good um you know the three-way was was exciting and his the final match with Gable was like I said was really good as well so I mean he's turning I mean I've always liked him I liked him in NXT I thought he was a great project um I just didn't like when they made him just the uh, whatever constable Corbin and all that. I think that that really just held him down. It really took him away from being a more serious heel. You know what I mean? So I think I think maybe hopefully I, I you know it just I don't have faith in the main roster a lot of the times, but I'm hoping that Corbin can maybe take this and do something bigger with it because uh, I, I do think he's really good. I think he's uh, very unappreciated and. I think this tournament hopefully would turn some people's opinions on him because, and, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely upped his game big time and he looks hungry. And then this is a guy that came from a football background, right? 
He's not an indie guy. He didn't come up through the indies and do the long roads. And use those guys don't really, you know, they don't have that passion. But listen, he seems like he really loves it and cares about it. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm behind him. All right, so uh, let's move on. And so there's some SmackDown news. We'll we'll do our uh, little stock up, stock down, which is the the new version of uh, of buy low, sell high. I think it's just easier to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll go over the boxing schedule, and then we'll get to Raw. We should we, we'll speed things up a little bit here. We we talked a lot already. So um, quickly, SmackDown news: Brock Lesnar is going to challenge Kofi Kingston on the very first SmackDown on Fox. Uh, they made that announcement on SmackDown this week. And also, uh, Brock will be on uh, the Raw preceding the SmackDown on Fox. So, it either they're swerving us or Brock is going to finally uh, beat Kofi and, and he will be the guy. We talked about this after Clash of Champions. You know, you mentioned, you know, Orton should have been the guy. And and if this was been the plan all along, you know they had a bigger bigger plan, which which could be which is you know maybe it is Brock. I sure hope it is. If he loses to Kofi, I will feel like they uh, they are trolling me, just like I felt with Baron Corbin. Um, but I think uh, you know some of the interesting news for SmackDown. They're, they're going to have a, a pregame show, the red carpet show before that big show. Uh, who's who knows who will be on the actual red carpet? I'm actually pretty interested to see who they feel is uh, relevant enough to be on the red carpet. And they're doing a couple of different specials. There's going to be a Best of SmackDown or SmackDown's Greatest Hits or whatever you want to call it. And then there's going to be a WrestleMania thing that they're going to do um, on Sunday during the NFL. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever I, I'm sure it's going to differ, like when that show comes on based on where you are, what uh, market you're in. But those are pretty cool uh, ideas. I just uh, I hope that the SmackDown's greatest hits isn't, uh, you know, 75 percent The Rock and Triple H and Stone Cold, <laughs> which in in all actuality, you know, that that was a big part of it. But uh, I really hope that they focus on a lot of the new guys and uh, and they build those those guys. Cause I'm so I'm so worried that people are going to turn on Fox, SmackDown on Fox, and they go, "Oh, Rock and Hogan and Austin and all these guys are uh, maybe not Austin, but all these guys are on the show." And then next week nobody's on the show, and then they're going to be like, "Screw this, man! I'm done. I, I don't want to see these guys." That's 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 kind of a worry of of mine. But um, so the other interesting thing is. <clears throat> SmackDown is going to not, it's not going to be live on the West Coast. So folks on the West Coast who watch Fox will have to watch this at 8 p.m., uh, which will be three hours after uh, after the viewing on the East Coast. So <clears throat> what's going to happen is uh, people who are on the East Coast will be able to tweet about it. And, you know, WWE loves their Twitter. Um they'll be able to tweet about it there will be write-ups about it and people on the west coast are just kind of sort of sit there and wait except if you have the opportunity to stream it via the fox website or via the fox app in an interesting thing and i'm not exactly sure why they're doing this because it could possibly hurt the ratings ever so slightly they're going to show on the west coast smackdown at 5 p.m. So if you are that diehard of a SmackDown fan and you can't avoid spoilers and you're on Twitter and, and you just want to see it when it happens, 
that's how that's how you would be able to watch it. So, I, I, I what I what I wonder is if it's a concession because I know they wanted to go live and treat it like it was a football game where every you know every market sees it as it happens. But then you know there are local news affiliates on on the West Coast that would be interrupted every Friday night, and those get good ratings. And I wonder if they decided, look, we're not going to give up these this time for our our news because you know we're giving up great ratings. But you know we'll put it on the app and people can can watch it live. Uh, I, it's great for consumers because I think that's you know that's the best thing is you give you give uh, viewers the possibility to to have more options. But I do wonder, like you know, may, maybe it takes a tick away from the ratings. And I just thought that was that was an interesting thing that they did. Uh, but you know, are you watching SmackDown at eight o'clock on Friday? Or are you waiting until Saturday or Sunday? Like, what is your plan when this show comes on? I'll probably watch it late Friday night, you know, after the kids go to bed and, you know, so I'm happy with it being at eight o'clock and my DVR set. So I'm not, and I really don't watch anything live anymore when it comes to wrestling. Like even, even it's going to be hard on Wednesday nights cause coming up because, you know, got to wait for the kids to go to bed and then and that's what four hours of wrestling I'm going to try to get in and that's going to be a lot. So that might be like a two, <laughs> a two night thing for me or two, you know, half the day in the, in the afternoon, watch some of it. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it at, in the evening, and I'm excited for a little Brock and Kofi. I hope, God, I hope this ends it. This hope, I hope Brock destroys him. If he doesn't and he gets pinned by Kofi, I think I just might stop watching wrestling for a good month. <laughs> might have to have this show be on hiatus or something. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, I'll, I'll probably be stuck in my chair, in my recliner, stuck with a shocked face, uh-huh. stuck there for a good month. Like you have to, you know, you probably have to call people to knock on the door, call the wife. The you know, it's just I would, I would be shocked. I think Brock should just steamroll the guy, destroy him. Sorry, and you know, and go. I think they, I think they want that. I think they want Brock to be the, be the guy on Fox. You know, they need they need a they need that hook that's beyond for the for that casual audience, right? Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think. Brock comes in and and wins the title, and then you sort of figure out how to build somebody else for that. Though you know, I I, I was kind of in my own storyline of making babyface Brock the guy who beats the fiend, but that's that's not the plans that it looks like currently. Uh, okay, so we, we are going to do stock up, stock down. You know, we do a couple of different things. We do the best wrestler alive, and instead of best wrestler alive, I wanted to do stock up, stock down. Previously, I called it buy low, sell high, but I think stock up, stock down is a little bit easier to understand. Just who who's who's hot in your eyes and who's kind of going downhill. And you know, I'm going to do stock down first because we've been ragging on this guy a little bit, which is Kofi Kingston. I just think that it <laughs> is, like you said, it is his time. Like. He, he's been stocked down with me ever since he won the title because I just thought it was a little bit of a joke. I loved the match at WrestleMania, uh, but I thought, okay, now someone else has got to beat him because he got his moment. You know, not not necessarily – it didn't necessarily have to be Zack Ryder all over again, but, you know, gosh, he's had the title since, you know, early April and we're already in September, um, a couple months longer than I thought. But he is—he uh, is. I'm—I'm uh, I'm down on him, and uh, and I hope that Brock wins because I think you need stars on this show, and it's pretty clear that Kofi is just Kofi is connecting with a, uh, a definitely a part of the audience, but 
you know, when it comes to the overall audience and, and building business, he's not connecting with those people. Yeah, my stock down, I think, will be... I have a couple, but I think I want to lean towards Shinsuke Nakamura just because my my buddy uh, Pedro calls him Lazy Mura. I don't think he's lazy. I just don't. I have no confidence that he's gonna rise above this level. So I think if you're really thinking like, oh man, next year Shinsuke Nakamura is gonna be, you know, once again winning the Royal Rumble or something like that, I just think he's gonna be right there. And I just think that that's you know, unfortunately, that's why they see him, but. Um, um, and I think he's happy though. I think he's okay with it. He's ha- he's happy making some good money. So, but I just think like if you're you know if you don't want to invest your money in him, you want to look for elsewhere. All right, there there has been an update. Big Dave Meltzer's phone did not die, but he was a little bit uh, he he was a little bit shorter with this message. Cobb Sekimoto was great. So was Taurus and Darby, and that's all. That's all that I got. Hmm. All right. Um. So my stock up is actually someone who hasn't even wrestled in a, in a few weeks but I was uh, we, we had a poll not a poll but someone asked a question on our face Facebook group which you can you can find um, it's called the fight game podcast uh, group on Facebook <clears throat> on our Twitter at fight game media it's pinned there so if you want to join uh, click on there but we were basically having a conversation about who was your guy when you started watching wrestling, who was your guy? And for, you know, for me, it was Hogan. It was Hogan forever. And the reason for the conversation was, you know, when Hogan beats Bret Hart at, uh, I'm sorry, beats uh, Yokozuna at WrestleMania nine and that sort of funky finish the way that they did it. Because I did a podcast with uh, my buddy, big D and our buddy, Jason Hagholm years and years ago, where uh, big D called it WrestleMania 30 for 30 as a play on the ESPN 30 for 30. And we went, we did a podcast on every WrestleMania. I think I got up to, maybe I did it through 15. And then the, the aforementioned Pedro took over from there. But during this podcast, which I don't even remember, I guess I stuck up for Hogan and winning this belt and that, you know, WWE was kind of in a downfall and and so it was fine for Hogan to win. But um, so the conversation was, well, I was like, well, Hogan was my guy, like, you know, from 1985 or late 84 on through, you know, for a long time, he was just my guy. So, of course, I wanted him to win. And then the conversation went to like, do we even have guys anymore? Are there guys with that we want to see do well? And a lot of people said, if I had a guy today, it would be Cody Rhodes. And I sat there and I was like, Cody Rhodes? Like he's the guy of all these wrestlers that you get to watch on a daily basis, it's Cody. And then I thought, I was like, you know what? Cody might be the best baby face in wrestling right now. <laughs> like you know all the things that he's doing he is the suit but even though he is the suit his style he, the way that he books himself is like a you know Jim Crockett uh, promotions babyface you know his dad obviously um and he understands how to connect with the fan base in a way that I, I wouldn't say it's a forgotten art but people don't necessarily connect in this way anymore they connect because you know they do these great moves, um, uh, and they're or, or someone like Okada who's just like he's the best, and people look at him as the best, and thus thus that's how he he uh, he stays over. But I thought I was like, you know what? 
That is actually a great answer is Cody Rhodes because as a baby face, he is the one guy who reminds you of how a baby face was booked when you were younger. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, no, he does well. I mean, he knows how to book himself and book a baby face for sure. And, you know, he. I mean, I looked – I mean, that's the programs I'm looking forward to the most is his programs, AEW. That's just always going to be great. I mean, uh, if you watch just the Road 2 stuff, like his stuff is just really, really, really solid. All right, what about your stock up? Oh, The Fiend. Love it. <laughs> Love The Fiend. I just I, – I, I don't want more. I just want – little teases and teases and teases and i want to see mm-hmm. a match on a big show then i want to see him be in and out popping in you know i, I just don't want to see them overexpose him i think they might they might do that though unfortunately which but i'm holding out hope that when the whole roster shake up i'm hoping he goes to raw and i think paul will protect him better than if he was on than if he was on um on smackdown so so yeah, the fiend. I think it's been really good, interesting, creepy. Um, I've always liked Bray Wyatt when even back when he was Husky Harris. You know, I thought he was just like I. I always liked the bigger guys that can move and and he's just fun to watch, man. He always has really good matches and and uh, he's you know been to some wacky feuds. You know, Randy Orton program was definitely oh my god legendary. Not in the not for the good reasons of a, not in the good legendary way, but like it was legendarily bad. But uh, but I think he's finally found himself a, a new character. It's getting over, and uh, I I I look forward to that character every week. All right, our boxing uh, schedule. I started doing this last week where I was just going over the the fight card for the weekend. This fight weekend is not as uh, extensive as last fight weekend. Though there is like eight cards tomorrow, just around the world, none of them uh, any 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 anything special. There's a there's a Mayweather Promotions card that is broadcast on Facebook, and then there's another there's another uh, card that's broadcast on Facebook. But on Saturday, there's an interesting fight. It's on Fox Sports One. There is a, a movie on Netflix that you can watch. It is called Counter Punch. It is a documentary which tr- uh, which uh, looks at, I think there's like three or four boxers it looks at, and one of those boxers is Peter Quillen, who was a guy a few years ago who was looked at as, you know, uh, uh, possibly uh, the next big thing. Um, certain things have happened in his career. I, I think he's kind of looked at in the mirror, wondering it, how badly he wants it these days. Uh, I'm sure there's injuries and everything, and the documentary kind of goes through a little bit of that. But I haven't really heard about him in a in a little bit, and he is fighting a guy by the name of Alfredo Angulo. And Alfredo Angulo, similarly, was I mean I don't think he was a, the hottest prospect, but he was just in so many great fights uh, several years ago. So you know, if this fight happened five years ago, it it would be you know, on, uh, on Big Fox or it would be on, uh, on ESPN plus or something ESPN because, you know, there, there would just be more attention to it. But now, you know, nowadays, now today it's not as, uh, as high profile. So it's on Fox sports one, but that's one that if I get a chance, I, I want to go out of my way to check out because Peter Quillen wants a, a top prospect and Alfredo Angula had so many really, really, really good fights. So that's, that's kind of the main card this weekend. 
um and uh and and yeah lots of stuff in mexico and and there's a, there's a show in england but those those are big things you know espn plus and disown seemingly have a show every weekend but this weekend they are taking a break so still so much stuff but actually there is a show on uh, on showtime on uh, tomorrow night so if you want to watch some boxing on showtime it will be tomorrow night um okay so let's move on finally we will get to our recap of monday night raw from i believe it was uh what was it september was it september 20 I don't know, 20th maybe? I don't I don't exactly no, remember 20th. the date this year. Yeah. It's September 20th? Yeah, I think we're, we're right up against where we're at. You know, we're pretty much even now with everything. So um, if you remember, last weekend was – or last weekend. Last, last Raw was the Steiner brothers losing to the Quebecers, and the, the storyline coming out of that was that Scott was going to have a match against Pierre, a.k.a. PCO, <laughs> And that would be the way for the Steiners to get their title shot back. So this show starts, and they do this weird thing where I'm I'm watching it, and it's almost like deja vu. I'm like, why are they replaying the match? Like Vince is talking over the match, but it's almost like they're just replaying it live. You know, they're replaying the video on the new uh, Raw. But then they kind of cut away, and then they show certain things. But it wasn't like the video package that you would recognize today when you recap something that happened previously they they did it in in a, a little bit of a weird way which was to set up the scott steiner versus pco match uh bobby the brain heenan is sick because he got water thrown on him by uh by doink so he i mean he's playing it up he's not sick all the time but you know he'll he'll he's playing it up and sneezing into tissue and taking his temperature and every once in a while he'll remember to cough or sneeze so uh so you get that pretty much for the whole show and look keenan's great like it was a very entertaining um so they have this match and if you remember in the quebecer quebecer rules match or the province of quebec rules or whatever they called it uh there, there was a lot of stuff that was banned, including pile drivers and coming off the top rope and throwing guys over the top rope. So in the very beginning of this match, Scott just decides to do everything that would have gotten him disqualified in the last match right at the get-go. So he's just taking it to Pierre, and he's like, F your rules. Like, this is a real wrestling match. Um, and, and so... Uh, they they kind of tease that you know Scott's temper is going to get the best of him again because he gets the hockey stick Johnny Polo's with Pierre, and uh, and then PCO goes to the back. So I'm thinking I'm like wow, okay, Scott the smart babyface who just got disqualified in the last match he's going to show us that he is actually smart. So when PCO goes to the back, Scott's just going to go into the ring and he's going to get the countout victory. No, that's not what he did because he goes into the ring and he still has the stick. So the referee is trying to take the stick away from him and he's not given to the referee. And all while this is happening, he allows Pierre to come back into the ring with uh, with his partner. And I was just like, why does Scott look like the dunderhead two weeks in a row? Like, can you let the guy look a little bit smart here? <laughs> yeah, I, I... 
I didn't see it like that, but yeah, I know he. You think he just gets a count out, but uh, I thought this. And was- it, it, he doesn't even have to get the count out. Like maybe Pierre has to rush into the ring to to not get counted out, but it's just like Scott, like two weeks in a row, guy, like give up the stupid stick. Like that's what got you in trouble the last time. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought this match was really good though. This match was really good, and like I couldn't believe it's the same TV taping. And they had a fairly long match, tag match, the hour before, right? And then they come back with this long singles match between Perrier and Scott. Like, I mean, Scott came out of his entrance. He's sweating. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he decided to wear that Michigan leather jacket. <laughs> like, when you're that hot and you're sweating, right? And then um, Pierre looked good, uh, bumping his ass off. Um, I like the story they told. I like the fact that, you know, Scott's so pissed off and frustrated that he's going to do the pile driver. He's going to come off the top rope. He's going to, you know throw a guy over the top rope or whatever it was so i thought that was cool it's funny about the video package the reason why the video package is kind of weird and long is because vince had it was wanting to go over each rule that yes was, that's why it was just long and, it, and like they even showed like because the only top rope spot they had that was teased with rick steiner was that sec when he was on the top rope and jumped down to the second rope yeah that botch again knees up <laughs> so i thought that was I'm like wow i'm like wow that made it on the you know that's something i would definitely cut out but anyways the match was good there's a funny moment um i don't know if he caught it but um scott goes for the pin and he positions himself so johnny polo can pull his leg right oh the no, no no yeah so but johnny polo's on the other side and so he has to quickly run he does he doesn't get there in time but thank god pierre kicks out and scott kind of just pops up and looks over you know so I thought that was pretty funny. And, like, you know, I was thinking, like, well, who was out of the position? Was it Scott? But then, then Scott was actually in the right position because he's facing – he's, you know, horizontal to the hard can. So you can see – he wants you to see the leg pull, right? Not if it, if if he's facing towards opposite the hard can, his leg's out. You, you can see Johnny Polo right there do something, but you won't see the actual grab of the leg pull. So, you know, visually it was better – you know, he was in the he was it was in the wrong position, so he twitched it. It was just funny, like a funny little thing that I just thought it was, you know, entertaining. Like even the pros like mess up, right? And um, uh, but yeah, it's a good match. Uh, Pierre took the Frankenstein again. You know, yep. looked good as as I did last time, and I like the chaos. I like the cool like Jock coming out and then Rick coming out, and like the crowd was just into this match, man. They were so freaking hot. They're freaking hot all night, actually. All right, just one more uh, Dave Meltzer text run in. He has Cobb Sekimoto at four and a quarter, though I still don't know who won that match, so we'll see what happens. Text him back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will. I will. Um, Okay, so I have one qualm with this match. uh, And, you know, it's it's just generally a qualm that I always had with Scotty as a babyface and a babyface singles wrestler. Because the offense is awesome. He's so athletic. Everything he does looks so powerful. It's so fast. It's so quick. Uh, it's it's uh, It just feels like this guy is like the next generation athlete. When he is on the defense, it's not super believable. Like I never really felt like as a singles wrestler – he was the greatest seller, um, and 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 you know some of it might simply be because he's you know the 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 tag team is a, a little bit different, um, you know when 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 he's selling. But 
I always felt as a, as a singles, there was always something lacking in his ability to to basically, you know, tell me the the viewer that that uh, he was a, a baby face who, you know, for whatever reason was getting beat up when everything he does offensively is just dynamic. Like it would almost I mean, it's not like a Goldberg match, right, where in those early Goldberg matches when he would be uh, he would actually, you know, take a punch or he and it, the reaction would just be weird and and later in in Goldberg's career you know when he started doing longer matches his selling got a lot better but you didn't want him to sell for long 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 periods of time unless you were Triple H uh and uh, and so you know when Scotty sells for long long periods of time I just never found it super believable like for small parts of it I I could I I, I was okay with it but uh, but yeah, because he was when he had to sell for long periods of time, I kind of was like, okay, let's let's just get this over with. I know Scotty's winning at some point, and then he hit the Frankenstein and he did win. But um, that's the only real qualm I had. But that's kind of like my whole thing with him as a babyface singles wrestler, as a heel. You know, later in his career, he he definitely sort of figured out the the other piece of that, uh, uh, just connecting. You know, but yeah, that was just sort of always what I felt with him as a babyface singles wrestler. Oh, I never thought about that. I never thought of him as being a poor seller. Honestly, I thought he's been pretty good. But. It's it's not even poor. It's just like not super believable. You don't believe he can get his ass kicked. Yeah, and he and, and when he's getting his ass kicked, it's sort of like, oh yeah, I'm just getting my ass kicked because I have to sell. Like that's just sort of the that's just sort of the match. It just wasn't like you know like because because you could say the same thing about Hogan, right? Hogan as a big dude. You're like, what? Like, Macho Man is just, like, beating his ass all up and down the ring. But Hogan was such a believable seller that it just made the whole match. And and with Scott, like, the expression, most of his expression and most of his, like, excitement and his facials and, like, everything about him came through his offense. And that's why he was, like, one of the greatest offensive wrestlers that I ever saw when I was a kid. It's just on the on the flip side just wasn't as believable. I mean, but that's like a nitpick. Like no one really cares about that stuff except for us. But, um, but that was always my nitpick with Scott. Like I when you, and, and, you know, to take it back, um, you remember that match with Ric Flair on the clash of champions, um, where I sort of felt the same way. Then again, it's Rick, right? Like, so it's a little, you, you give it a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. Cause it's Flair and Flair's so awesome. But there was like things lacking in that match too, that, uh, you know, I always felt like, ah, like, you know, the way that Scott shows that he is incompetent is to be an idiot rather than to, you know, really show that, okay, this heel is sort of getting the better of me. All right. I'm going to watch another Scott Steiner match. <laughs> uh, maybe, I mean, and maybe it was just this match for me, but I was just like, yeah, this is what I didn't like about Scott Steiner singles matches the baby face. Um, okay. So let's, um, Let's move on to the uh, next segment here. So, uh, like you said, Scott wins with the Frankensteiner. Uh, the next match is Bam Bam Bigelow versus someone who I've never, I don't remember ever seeing in my life, Laverne McGill. Who is Laverne McGill? I think he was an East Coast guy. I think he went by Sledgehammer McGill from what I remember. Um, but I dug him. I wanted to make him my project. I want to. Go. I mean, Bam Bam gave this dude a lot. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who he trained with. Maybe Johnny Ross or something like that. Maybe, maybe he's from the Monster Factory, and 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 you know, Bam Bam was. Yeah, they gave him a lot. He gave him the Sunset Flip. He looked athletic. 
Um, he was big. He was solid. Um, I wanted to – he threw a nice drop kick for his size. I, I liked him, man. He was like a, a project for me. I was like, man, I would love to get this guy the shoulder tackle, like, you know, and mm-hmm. and this – not spear. No one's really doing spears then. But, you know, like just a shoulder tackle off the ropes, the flying shoulder tackle, the big clothesline, throw that drop kick in and show your athletic ability. Um, yeah, he. I mean, I, I, I dug him. I love uh, – Laver- horrible name, Laverne, <laughs> Laverne McGill. I, th- I, ho- I hope it's the same guy, Sledgehammer McGill. I remember seeing that name and results in the East Coast. I used to just be like, I used to like just look at every res- match result back in the old, old days when I'd get PWI and then wrestler and inside wrestling. And all this. I always looked at the match the results and that name, the last name stood out. And I was like, I wonder if that Sledgehammer McGill guy. Well, if, if uh, it, our, our buddy Nick will tell us if uh, if you're right or not. Um, so the, in the middle of this match, they're doing the gimmick with crush again. And so we bring him back on the phone and crush is very positive with Vince, but the second he turns to savage, he's, uh, he's mad and, and he stops talking and they think like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a disconnect again, like last week. And then finally crush says like, I'm just never talking to Randy Savage again. And I think as the viewer, we are supposed to remember back to the match with Yokozuna where Randy pulled Crush out of the ring. This is what the beef is, right? Well, I think it's never like you didn't send me cards and letters while I was in the hospital bullshit. I mean, like, Oh, is that what it is? I, I, I thought I it was because so. Randy had to come in and save Crush and, and that whole thing. No, I think it's the whole, you know, cards and letters stuff honestly i think that's what's going to come out to me i i mean it's been a while i just remember what happens and like how he gets take like how he attacks macho like i know that that's coming up you know in a few episodes but like i i'm pretty sure it's all that kind of that kind of stuff which i always hated that like i just never believed when a friend was hurt <laughs> no one would ever contact him you know mm-hmm. what i mean but then again, Macho, I guess he can make an excuse that Macho is, you know, in demand. He's all over the world. He does all these charity events. He's WF commitments. I'm sure, I mean, that could be his his reasoning, but I just think it looks stupid. But, hey, did you also notice in this match with Bam Bam and uh, Laverne McGill, did you see the edit? Uh, I don't think so. So he goes for, like, a double underhooks. Bam Bam goes for a double underhook suplex, and all of a sudden, like, it turns into, like, a – turns into like just a regular suplex hmm it was like a pretty hard edit so i'm guessing laverne didn't go up that well mm. <laughs> and then he finally because even when he got up for that suplex it looked kind of it looked kind of rough like you know like laverne didn't have his legs together and didn't distribute the weight right and it just was kind of a mess but then if you remember that santon he finished one that was a little bit stiff you think okay okay a little bit of the well, it wasn't a little bit stiff. It was fucking horrible. It was he threw all that weight, whatever he is, three hundred plus pounds, right on that poor sledge Amber Gill. But my pet project in nineteen ninety three. All right, so they recap the Doink and Heenan uh, water pail situation, and uh, they didn't they didn't play it all the way to where Bobby is is not able to stand in water and it keeps falling down. That was my favorite part of it, mm. but uh, it was still great. So they do an interview with Vince and Brett, and this is the playoff of, you know, Brett's finally able to explain, you know, why he did what he did, which is to keep Jerry Lawler in the the uh, sharpshooter for longer than necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what I didn't realize about this is uh, 
Stu, um, Stu actually, he, he wasn't, cause he wasn't there at that show, but, uh, it was because he was, he hurt himself. I think he was at Slamboree, like earlier, whenever that was sometime, that was May, right? Yeah. And, and he, um, he had a knee injury and so there was maybe difficulties with with his knee from that time, though it doesn't explain why he was at Raw, you know, the couple of weeks or whatever before this angle. But that's uh, that's what was in the Observer was that Stu wasn't there because he had an, a previous injury that may have been from the Slamboree show. Hmm. Interesting. That's 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 interesting. For so the, the, the timeline doesn't really yeah the timeline is that. is a little weird on that. Yeah. But uh, but but that's that was what was written in the Observer. So. Um, you know, Brett, Brett does his thing here. The thing that I like the best about this is, and, and this is how, um, <clears throat> you know, Jim Cornette's old thing about, you know, how can I miss you if you're never gone? Every time Brett comes on raw, I'm like, oh yeah, I really miss this guy. Mm-hmm. And you can, I don't, I don't know if this was exactly the way that they drew it up because it's quite obvious that Vince still wants Lex to be the guy, but the best thing about this is that Brett is not in the main event feud. He is in a top feud, but not in the main event feud. And it's just like I like my thought process is I cannot wait for Brett to get another shot at Yokozuna. Even now, knowing that, you know, we just saw Lex Luger, I'm just like, what I just can't wait for Brett to get another chance. Like it's almost like he's the real deserved deserved number one contender because he never got his shot again or his rematch. And Lex kind of slides in and, and takes his spot. And Brett's just, you know, he's biding his time. He's not calling out Lex. He's not saying, you know, you're you're undeserved. He's just waiting. And I'm just like, man, like, I can't wait for Brett to get his opportunity. Because when he gets his opportunity, you know, he's going to he, he, he's, he's do his thing. But, I just, you know, not even a part of the interview. It's just my feeling about seeing him on TV. Yeah, no, they don't they don't they don't have on every raw. So every time he does come out, it feels a little bit special. And he had a good, and the promo was great. It's just to establish that okay, this whole King of the Ring stuff's over now. You know, now it's just pure hatred he has for him, right? It's not about championships. It's not about King of the Rings. It's not about anything else but just you know, you know, revenge for my family, right? So I thought it was good. Brett was Brett's you know very underrated promo guy. I think like when he sticks to you know. He knows him, right? So, and he delivered it pretty good. And Vince is oh, Vince is really good at at controlling all that. So, so we had another commercial where uh, they made wrestling fans look pathetic. Uh, <laughs> the fan was a very skinny guy trying to hit on this woman who was like on a park bench, and he was trying to impersonate his favorite wrestlers, and she wasn't giving him the time of day. And then the real Macho Man came out and took the girl and made this fan who looks to be uh, wrestling's number one fan, look like a pathetic guy. So good job, WWE. Two weeks in a row, you made uh, the fans look fairly uh, goofy. Shouldn't Razor Ramon got that spot <laughs> for going with the younger generation? Yeah, he should have. Or, you know, maybe maybe that's why Shawn Michaels quit. He didn't get the commercial. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, this commercial, I, I definitely remember this commercial. I, no, no, when I first saw it, I remember I always thought it was Todd Penton Girl. Was the top hat and girl was the oh top. was the yeah. was the skinny guy yeah yeah <laughs> um, okay so uh, the second to last match here is Mr Perfect versus Mike Bell there's a moment in this match where Perfect screams at him and he's like 
you want to really be a wrestler? He's draping him over the second turnbuckle and he slaps him in the head. And I was wondering if like there was any, you know, you know, maybe Mike Bell was like, you know, you know, I, I really want to be in this thing. And Perfect's like, okay, you know, I wonder if there was any sort of like discussion about that in the back and Perfect is kind of taking that into the ring. Because I remember, um, you know, Mike Bell and obviously his brothers, like they were, they, 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 they were, uh, you know, they're around the business uh, pretty much around this time. And, and, and will you know, that they're, they're now, they're still known his other, his brother, because Mike Bell died, right? He's the one that committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah, so his brothers are, you know, still around lifting, and 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 obviously, uh, uh, is it Chris? I think is the one who does the documentaries, and then Smelly Bell is the one who does all the lifting stuff. But, um, you know, they 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 seem to be around the business, and I wonder if there was any sort of, you know, Mister Perfect like going like, okay, do you really want to do this, dude? And he's like smacking him and yelling at him during in the ring. I think Perfect was just he always beat up jobbers, you know, like that was kind of like his thing. He getting those really wicked hard chops. Um, he's probably still salty from when Tony DeVito sandbagged him on that perfect plus <laughs> <laughs> the week before. So maybe he just like, I'm tired of wrestling these guys, you know, you know, you know he just did his thing. But, uh, but he looked good. He did all his, he did all his uh, trademark, uh, Mr. Perfect, uh, spots. I love seeing the, uh, got that leapfrog into the drop kick. Just love that. And he even did the, even did the, uh, standing drop kick where he holds the mm-hmm. guy, puts his left hand on the guy's, uh, hit top of his head and just jumps up, gives him a drop kick right to the face. So, all of my favorite Mr. Perfect moves he did. So, I, I loved it. During this show or during this match, Bobby Heenan is talking about how he did all American wrestling all by himself <laughs> and it is his show. And next week, they're pairing him up with Joe Fowler, who we saw first on, on SummerSlam. And so then. Vince goes, well, you know, why doesn't Joe Fowler get to do the show by himself? And Hans like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I'm the star of this show. So they went a little bit back and forth on that. Didn't Heenan say that uh, Perfect was his second favorite wrestler? And they asked him who his favorite wrestler was. He's like, everyone else. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, man. Uh, there was a very bad Ludwig Borgo promo. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, gosh, it was so bad. You know, he's he's running down uh, America again and, you know, pollution and all this stuff. And he's, you know, he's trying to set up a program with Lex Luger. But there were a couple moments where I was like, didn't you just repeat yourself again? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it was a little longer than a little longer promo. But, yeah, he just basically the, I, the base behind the promo was that, you know, he was looking at garbage and trash. And this is how the United States is. And that's what we live in this filth. And. You know, you know where he's in Finland. You know it's beautiful there, and this is just trash. And you know, he's gonna treat Lex Luger just like this trash. And basically, all it was is a simple old school heel promo about you know the country, the you know international heels promo on the the Bay face from the United States. You know, standard stuff. All right, last run in by Big Dave here. He said Jeff Cobb did win. And he also said the tag team match was four and a half stars, unreal moves, a little rough, and he really appreciated how good the Bucks can keep matches like this together. So I'm assuming he means uh, the uh, the Lucha Bros. Who did the who did the Lucha Bros. face? I think it was Bandito and ah, I 
for I I I, I miss this. I guess. Oh, uh, Flamita and Bandito versus Lucha Brothers. I think that's the match he's talking about. Sounds like a three star match. <laughs> Just joking. Hey, he 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 gave it four and a half. So. I know, I know. I just mess with them. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if people know that you mess with them in person like this too. I I some people do. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the um, so the last segment here is uh, actually so actually before so we get, we get we get two two other things and then there's there's one more match uh we get another proposal and in this proposal uh he gives the woman his uh his snot uh kleenex, kleenex. as uh Heenan does as he steals her popcorn so she accepts her fiance's proposal and he puts the ring on her finger while she has the kleenex in her hand and like she that's as vince is like right on it like he's just bobby how could you do that you know this is so good. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was so funny. Um, so then the main event match is IRS versus PJ Walker, and uh, you know IRS is winning the match. He's kind of you know he he he's beating up this uh, this young guy. Razor Ramon comes out, distracts IRS, and much like the one two three kid beat Razor. Uh, PJ Walker beats IRS with a roll-up. I didn't remember that this actually happened. Yeah, I don't know if I forgot about this too, but the, unlike with 123Kid, they're using it to build a star and also, you know, continue, uh, you know, Razor, start a Razor's Bay face turn. This is simply just to get, you know, heat on the IRS and Razor Ramon feud. PJ Walker end up well he ended up becoming Aldo Montoya, I think. You know, his, I, I think they always liked him. That's why they get, end up giving him a a gimmick back in what I think it was 94 right 94 yeah it has to be 94 95 and so uh, at the end of this show Bobby is interviewing the Quebecers uh, Johnny Polo basically says you know um, we will defend the titles next week but it's not going to be with the Steiners so I wonder if this is when Steiners get suspended yeah that sounds like it yeah because someone else takes their place and we don't know i know nick i know everybody nick knows and he wanted to tell us but we... i know he wanted to tell us we were like no 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 no, no. Yeah. we, we want to watch this live yeah uh so so ludwig borga will have his first match on raw cool. uh next week and they will be in new haven connecticut and for some reason and i don't actually remember the reason why but jimmy superfly snooker is going to be on this show for a special appearance that's how, yep. they, that's how they that's how they announced it. I'm like, what the heck? I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um, okay, so from the observer, uh, Vince is still doing his heel manager role in uh, Memphis, mm-hmm. and the question is whether or not he actually has a match. Like the 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 you know uh, Meltzer thinks that it's a build to uh, to him getting in the ring, and we know that he doesn't actually have a match until. The uh, the match with Austin in '98, right? The the one where well well so even well that one, but then they tease one you know before where he has Austin tie both hands behind his back and then Dude Love jumps him, which was that was one of the greatest raws I I I remember watching because I just remember that whole thing the whole the match is a build up for the whole two hours and then it ends up with uh, with uh, Dude Love attacking Steve Austin to set up that feud. Um, okay, so uh, Giant Gonzalez was supposed to work Memphis, 
gives his uh, gives his date and says, you know, I'm out of here. And Meltzer says that he seems like he's fed up with the business and wants to go back to Argentina. Yeah, but he's he's there for a couple more weeks because he shows up in the Battle Royale in a couple weeks. So there is some controversy involving Ludwig Borga. <laughs> Uh, Tony Halme, as uh, Marcus Mack told me, that's the way to pronounce it, uh, had told Titan months back that he needed October off for the New Japan Tag Tournament, and it was agreed. It was, it was, and it was agreed upon. But then he got his schedule, which showed him booked the entire month. He was told they'd work things out with New Japan within wrestling circles. This New Japan tour was much talked about. Because Scott Norton would be on the same tour. Last year, there was a bar fight between the two in Japan, which only lasted three punches, all by Halme. Although, the story has since evolved that Norton was in no condition to fight. And as the story goes, the big rematch is going to happen sometime on this tour. Ever since the fight, wrestlers everywhere have been a little apprehensive about wrestling Halme. I wonder if that story's in Norton's book, which I want to get and read. Um, I heard that book is really good. I know. I'm waiting to. I'm waiting to get it when I eventually see that guy in person. I love to talk to him about some stuff. But uh, this is like a funniest story ever. Like not not the whole fight stuff with Norton. That's 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 I'm not interested in that. I'm actually just interested that Ludwig Borga, Tony Hallmay, really thought that the WWE is gonna allow him to wrestle this New Japan Tag Team Tournament. Like they must have just fucked with them. They must have been like, uh huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to get your schedule in October. That's not happening. Oh man, I just think it's hilarious. What a uh, not the not the not the brightest bulb in the building. Huh? When are you gonna run into Norton? I don't know. I know he does stuff with New Japan. Like you know, he does autograph signs, sells his books. I might just I might just go buy one from him directly. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I heard that book is good on our in our uh, in our Facebook group. Uh, a couple people have have read it and said that it was really good. Uh, I want to. I have something I want to say about some stuff for wrestlers who are listening out there. Um, Uh-oh. Here we go. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media, like, just burying themselves, like, for future. Like, don't write stuff that's going to get you, that's going to burn a bridge. You know what I mean? Like, just don't. You know, I saw a couple. One was by a guy that's a total idiot and a moron. and But another guy I actually like. And he's a good kid, but like you just don't put anything on social media. It just it's just stupid. You don't want anything to come back to haunt you. You know, if you ever want to go to WWE, they scan your social media. They look for stuff and just just you know. And if with them, WWE is very rarely you get a second chance. You have to be a star to get a second chance. You know what I mean? You have to be, you know, if you're not like. Who's like got second chances like that? We were like, no way he's getting a second chance when he gets, you know, you know those guys, right? That Vince loves to bring those guys back and make him eat crow. But like, if you're just like a small time any guy, it's your windows are shut. So just be smart on social media when it comes to your future because you just never know. Like just because you're on a you know a, a Russian show that has a strong YouTube channel and it's on a some small little spanish channel somewhere like doesn't mean they're stable and gonna last forever like you mm-hmm. can you can get you know they can be done by november if things don't go well with a certain pay-per-view and you know you just don't know what your next step is and then and, uh, and when, when it comes to the other idiot who's just an idiot 
you suck now, you suck then, you suck will always suck. But you'll never get hired. If you're so good, you would have been hired a long time ago. You got an opportunity. You quit the first day because you're a bunch of wimps and pussies. And 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 I can't believe you guys are running wrestling school because anyone that follows you is an idiot as well. So don't join that school. If you know who I'm talking about, don't do it. All right, I'm gonna have to try and put uh, put these these clues together and figure out who you're talking about. I don't know. I've just been really upset about this like for the last like week. Like I saw one and I saw another one. I'm just like, God, why are people being so stupid right now? You know, social media that stuff can come to haunt you. You know, if you use social media for any reason other than marketing and promoting yourself in the best way possible, you are not using it correctly. If you if you in 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 trying to promote yourself, bury yourself. You're not using it correctly, and I'm not a wrestler, so I don't even mean it for that part. I just mean it for Twitter in general. Like, mm-hmm. use it for conversation, and use it to promote some of the cool things that you're doing. Uh, if you use it to complain, if you use it to uh, show yourself in any way that is not necessarily in the best light. You know, maybe there's a call for help and you can actually get some help or there's some communication coming out of that. But, you know, really, like, use social, social media is not necessarily uh, supposed to be used for you when you're bored. It's supposed to be used to connect with people and to help promote things that you're doing. Like, yeah. that's kind of why it was built. So if yeah. you're not using it in that way, then... I don't know. Maybe think about using it in that way. Yeah, especially when I see someone that has some talent, and I just don't want him to, you know, get his legs cut off before he even started running. You know, so. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, that that's it. We we went out with a bang there, um, DDP style. Mm. So uh, so yeah. So we will be back uh, next week during this same time, talking about the second NXT show, and uh, you know, really building up to uh, the AEW show. And uh, the you know in, in 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 whatever it is a little bit less than two weeks the Wednesday Night Wars is going to be a lot of fun in mo- in many cases I may not even be able to finish both shows by the time we record so uh, I know I know you uh, you're going to try and I will try too but hopefully we'll have that covered on on our end yeah that's going to be f- I can't wait it's going to be a lot of watching but you know we love this stuff so that's what we do so. All right, so for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.